Well, welcome to those of you who are new. Welcome to those who are back. And this is really exciting. I have, the last time you were all here, I wasn't a priest yet. So it's nice to see a big crowd here at 530. Great to be with you. Now, when I was studying to be a priest and I would go to dinner parties and people heard that I, St. Paul was my patron saint, they, a lot of people would launch into, you know, I have a real problem with that whole wives be submissive to your husbands thing. Well, guess what? That's our second reading today. So we will talk about that at the end of the homily, so make sure you listen the whole time. But all three of our readings today are really about how we continue to choose whether we're going to follow God. Our first reading is from the book of Joshua. The Israelites have gone through the Red Sea. They wandered the desert for 40 years. They fought off all the people in Canaan. And now they're there, and Joshua says, Guess what? You have to choose again if you want to follow the Lord. Our second reading from Ephesians is really about trying to figure out what it means to be a Christian in a secular culture. And lastly, our gospel is this final week of the five that we've had with the Bread of Life discourse, where Jesus has said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the people start to walk away, and Jesus asks the apostles if they want to continue to follow him. No matter what we choose at any moment of our lives, though, we know that God chooses to shower us with mercy. So let us take a moment to celebrate that. I'm relatively new to UT and Knoxville myself. I moved here in late January, and I was only ordained a priest three months ago. As I continue growing into my role here, I'm assembling a support team to help me. One of those people is my spiritual director. She has asked me to prepare a spiritual autobiography for her. Luckily, I wrote one back when I first applied to the priesthood, so all I need to do is update it. In reviewing it these last few days, I was struck by a passage that describes my experience exactly 20 years ago today. You see, the last weekend of August of 1992 was my first weekend in college. I'll save you the math. I'm 38. Here's part of what I wrote. In grade school and high school, I never cared much for going to church. Although the better prepared, more dynamic homilists I heard along the way made it more interesting. I never found myself dreading going to church either. We just went there, said the prayers, sang quietly, and listened to the homilies. My concept of church was not challenged until I went to college. That first Sunday at the University of Rochester Newman community shocked me. It was the antithesis of St. Elizabeth Parish, where I had grown up. There was no stained glass, no organ, no pews, no kneelers. Despite the discomfort I felt, I decided to join the Sunday evening music ministry so I would feel a greater obligation to attend Mass on a weekly basis. I had never been involved in church ministry before, but I suddenly had responsibility thrust upon me. Despite the chaos of the music ministry, that it was sometimes, I came to appreciate how Mass was done at Newman. The casually dressed Eucharistic ministers and lectors emphasized that everyone there was part of the community. The quietness led to more introspection. 
the challenging homilies targeted the educated collegiate audience. Newman was a community more than a building or an institution. The community was celebrating the liturgy. Does that sound like any other place you know? Maybe here? Now, what's interesting is that most people here and at other places would say, yeah, that sounds right. But that's not how most people describe campus ministry. You've probably heard something more like this. When you go to college, you will meet people whose values are very different from your own. Church is the one place you can go on campus as a refuge from those challenges to your values. I hate to break it to you, but that's just not true. Church is not supposed to be an escape from our day-to-day reality. It's an opportunity to offer God our joys and our sorrows, to learn from many of the best Judeo-Christian thinkers of the last 3,000 years in wrestling with the hard questions of life, and to connect with other people who desire the Holy Spirit's guidance in sorting through those questions. When you walk into this building, the challenges out there are going to follow you in here. Rather than pretending that those challenges don't exist, we'll face them head-on together here. And, now that you're members of the best educated parish in the Diocese of Knoxville, you can laugh there. They laughed last night. They didn't laugh this morning. We'll probably give you some new challenges in here, too. You expect to be challenged in your classes in philosophy, language, science, art, nursing, and engineering. Why would you not be challenged in here? The good news is that church is not exactly like a college class. First of all, we'll do the readings aloud together. We'll provide food for the journey, and we rarely give written exams. So, Let's take a moment out of this reflection on the nature of campus ministry in specific and the church in general to offer some of those challenges. Dr. Ruth Queen Smith on our pastoral staff taught me in a Bible study two weeks ago that the Greek verb for eat that Jesus uses when he says to eat my flesh, that verb actually means to gnaw on. So perhaps... To eat the flesh of the Son of Man is to dwell upon the words of eternal life for an extended period of time. We continue to chew on the Word of God even when the ideas aren't easy to digest. And that Ephesians reading? Well, perhaps one of the keys is to learn about the context in which it was written. At the time Ephesians was written, there were just starting to be enough Christians in the Roman Empire that their neighbors were beginning to notice them. Ephesians is trying to find ways for the Christians to be true to Christianity's ideals while not disrupting the established order more than necessary. It was radical for Ephesians to say, husbands, love your wives. In Roman society, people didn't marry for love. Husbands loved their mistresses, not their wives. Wives were kept in the back of the house as possessions. And it was radical for Ephesians to tell everyone to be subordinate to one another. Roman society prized power, control, and domination. It was radical to ask powerful men in the Roman Empire to love their wives as themselves, 
to not boss their children around, and to treat their slaves as brothers. Now, nearly 2,000 years later, we can ask ourselves what Ephesian means in our society. Are there things that we need to interpret differently when we talk about how we are subordinate one to another? Especially when most of us still desire power, control, and domination. So let's get back to the nature of a parish church situated on a college campus. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. But the way isn't always easy to find among the other paths. It's often hard to discern what truth is. And as I learned in my days as an optical engineer, life is complicated. All of us here at Blessed John the 23rd Parish Father Charlie, Dr. Ruth, and I on the pastoral staff, Barbara Lockett and Andrea Sirik in the office, Andrea Francis and Mallory Bush on the focus team, John Bogosian, Julia Morgan, and all our other student leaders, and everyone worshiping here, we pledge that we will journey together as a community of love. That's the role of the church. We're not here to give you all the answers. We are here to help you live in the questions as we all continue to grow in relationship with Jesus Christ, our way, our truth, and our life. As St. Peter said all those years ago, Jesus Christ alone has the words of eternal life. <laughs>